So I end up putting on this nine foot tall, uh, like animal costume with like animatronics. Today on the podcast, I have Sho Shrock, a line producer who's worked on music videos for Roddy Rich, Gene Dawson, and Bad Bunny. And Sho's story today is centered around a music video he line produced. It's a story that involves an animatronic creature, heat exhaustion, and shooting in a COVID hospital ward. So with that, I'll let Sho take it from here. My name is Sho, and this is my worst day ever. Uh, I'm an independent line producer, production manager, coordinator. I've worked on uh, just countless music videos and um, a lot of commercials, both union and non-union. I feel like, you know, generally speaking, my like worst day ever is on set. Like my worst set experiences are probably pretty boring to listen to because they're just like, oh, this overage happened and it's going to be costing somebody $200,000 unless, you know, we do this very specific thing or blame this specific person. But I think my worst day ever on set is actually one that's a lot smaller in scale. Um, I wasn't even producing or doing much on production. Um, It was about a crew of, of six or seven people. And it was, I think it was a scene like one small scene for a greater music video project. And one of my best friends, um, who's also a producer, was the one producing it. He just couldn't be in Los Angeles that day. So he asked me like, hey, like, can you sub in? I just need somebody that I can trust to be like the quote unquote on the ground producer. If anything goes wrong, if somebody needs something, they can ask you or you can just, you know, call me and then I'll figure it out. It's like, yeah, totally. Also make like a, a really quick buck, like low stress, just like show up and make some money. So I was like, of course I'm down. And he said, okay, that's great. So that's one piece. And the other piece I need solved is I need somebody to wear this like ridiculous animal costume, like this giant costume. It's like eight or nine feet tall. It's got like animatronics in it. And I was like, you know what? Like, uh, why don't I also wear that costume? I'm sure, you know, this seems like a pretty, like, low-stakes job. Like, I'm sure I can be both, like, the -the on-the-ground producer and also, like, wear this animal costume, you know, just for each actual scene, and it could be fun, and I can, you know, tell my girlfriend that I wore this, like, silly costume for this music video. So, actually, I I end up bringing, like, another one of my buddies on who ended up being free that day. Uh, You know, we, we weren't told much about the project other than that there was this crazy costume and that it was going to take place in a hospital. I guess the this animal had like made friends uh, with with a human and this human was dying uh, and she was in the hospital. So so the animal uh, had to go see her one last time before she died. That was the story, at least. My buddy and I, uh, we we show up to the set on the day and you know I I was expecting something like you know like a standing set like a hospital standing set like you know I knew it wasn't a very big job so I was like oh they probably just rented a standing set and that's where we were going to be filming but we we show up to the address and it's like a working hospital 
Like there's, you know, cars coming in and out. There's like nurses like walking around, like pushing people around on wheelchairs. It's like, oh, this is not like necessarily what I expected, but I'm sure it's like one of those things where there's like an empty ward or a wing of the hospital that they're just going to like let us film in. Because I, I've done that too, where like we've shown up to like, you know, da 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 children's hospital, but it's like there's a wing that's being refurbished and nobody's in it. So they're going to let us film there. So that's what I was expecting. But we walk in and uh, we, we meet the site rep. And in cases like this, like I guess this hospital was rented through a uh, location database, a pretty like prolific location database too. Like I've used them on like much larger projects, like, you know, pretty big commercials for, for pretty big consumer brands. Um, and they'll usually like send like a site rep, like the producer has to pay another, you know, 500 bucks or something for the day uh, for the location database to send somebody just to make sure that the location is being treated, you know, up to standard. And we meet the site rep and she's like also a little bit confused because I don't think anybody told her that we were going to be filming in a working hospital. But then uh, I guess one of the head nurses uh, from the hospital comes and she's like, hey, like, uh, you know, uh, you guys here for the shoot? Um, oh, there's uh, there's only six of you. You only have six crew members. Oh, we were expecting like, you know, somewhere from like 30 to 35. At least that's what your producer like put on um, on like the application to film here. And we're like, oh, no, it's just like six people. And she's like, OK, well, that's great. Let me show you like, let me take you over to to the place we set aside for you guys to film. And I was like, oh, OK, great. Like there must be like an empty area where we can film. And so we follow her, you know, through this hospital, like a a gurney gets pushed past us. At a certain point, like there's nurses like rushing with like IV drips and like cars just full of equipment past us. We're just like trying to stay out of their way because we're like, I mean, you know, all we're doing is like filming a video and, you know, there's, you know, actual like hospital care that needs to be done. And the head nurse is like, okay, we're just going to turn this corner here. And um, we can pick from one of the two open rooms. We turn the corner and I look down this hallway. Every single door uh, in this hallway is open. There's like a nurse stationed in front of each door. There is some sort of like heart rate monitor or like equivalent like piece of like crazy technology station next to each door and if you like look all the way down the hallway there's like that plastic coating that you see like i mean it it, it looked like dexter like you know one of those like dexter scenes where they're where they're putting up all this plastic to uh you know keep things in or keep things out like germs and otherwise, and uh, the head nurse was like, oh, well, the COVID ward's down there. Like, you know, just don't go past that red line and you'll be safe from the COVID ward. And then I look to my right uh, into one of the open rooms and the whole scene, it's pitch black except for this single light, like orange light coming down from the ceiling, super dim, which is just illuminating this completely naked, like wrinkly old man who's just got, like, one little, like, hospital loincloth covering his private so I don't see that. And, like, all sorts of tubes, like, going up his crotch, like, you know, up, like, under that loincloth and then, like, into his nose. And he's got, like, a huge respirator. 
and it's like making like all this like crazy noise like fucking Darth Vader like in out in out just like breathing so heavily and I'm looking at him and then I like look past him and there's like two other patients like similarly completely comatose like conked out it's like oh my god like these people are like on the last leg of their lives this was like this wasn't just like some random ward of like the hospital that was empty it was like the intensive care ward like it was uh, a working functioning place where you know people were, were were being treated and at this point you know at, at this point i feel like i could have said something but i think you sometimes get that sort of you know tunnel vision where when you're on set you know a, a ton of stuff can happen to try to derail you but you're there to make a movie you're there to make a video so you have to keep going so I end up putting on this nine foot tall uh, like animal costume with like animatronics the head of the costume is touching the ceiling so I actually have to like crouch down in the costume in this like extremely uncomfortable pose and I'm being instructed by the director that I need to run up and down this hallway. The idea is that I'm, I'm searching for uh, my human friend. So I start running up and down this hallway. Nurses are just like jumping out of the way, you know, trying to avoid me. And I can't see a single thing, so I don't know if I'm about to run into something or not. And then my, my buddy that I brought with me, uh, he starts... Uh, using the animatronics. So there's like animatronics in the face that's supposed to like open and close the eyelids and like open and close the mouth, except I don't know like who designed it or like what what they, you know, thought was going on in there. But uh, the metal, all it did was like grind into my face. And there was like one like rod that just kept like banging against my forehead. So I was in uh, total agony by the way, it's like 120 degrees in this in this suit. Like I took it off afterwards and I was like completely soaked. And I think the real uh, nail in the coffin there was a scene where eventually this animal, he finds his human friend. You know, she's hooked up to a heart rate monitor which by the way, we like rented like an old like 90s like cathode like PC monitor and then ran like a YouTube video of like a heart rate on it. It was super janky. And she's like hooked up and she's she's about to die and the monster gets to hold her hand uh, one last time. It's a really touching scene. Except this girl was in full makeup, had like earrings in, had like rings on her hands. Um, by the way, they cast uh, someone who is very beautiful like she's all uh she's all made up she looks great there's like a warm sunlight coming through the window behind her she's like shimmering in the sunlight um and i'm holding her hand and it's supposed to be this touching scene except we're totally just glamorizing death when not 10 feet away there's somebody who's actually dying so yeah uh, the the shoot didn't last very long um which is good i think i was still pretty shell-shocked by the end of it what still confuses me and and the the producer who brought me onto this project he's like a super good friend of mine again we actually started producing together and we still 
you know, shoot work back and forth, um, you know, between us. Um, I still trust them a lot. And, and I know that this isn't like he didn't intentionally put us in this situation. But what really confuses me is that, A, there's a location database that is listing uh, a functioning hospital and like a functioning like hospital hallway on their website, which, by the way, they were like totally fine with 35 people coming in. I don't know like how we would have done because even with six crew members, we were completely taking over this hallway, right? So I don't know what what five times that amount would have looked like. What's what's even crazier to me is that there's a hospital out there that is fine with doing this, with having a crew come in. I don't know if it's to make an extra buck or or what, but it does seem uh, pretty irresponsible to me. I I think. Driving home from that day, I could definitely say that that was my worst day on set. And that wraps up this episode. Thanks, show, for coming on and sharing your worst day ever. And if you have a worst day ever story and are interested in coming on the podcast and sharing it, head on over to worstdayever.com to learn more. And to make things easier, I've included the links in the show notes. Until next time, that's a wrap.